My guest today is Didi Fay. Didi has been a guest several times on this program, and I always learn so many great things about the history here in Grand County. So today we talk about the history of skiing in Grand County. It's fascinating. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. My third time guest. I love it. <laughs> I know it's so hard. I keep saying every time I talk about winter how I'm not ready for it, but it's going to be here before we know it. It's coming. It's coming. The snow is going to start flying any day. We've gotten <laughs> snow in August before. Yes, we so. have. I want to talk to you today about the history of skiing in Grand County. Yeah, I love, first of all, you've chosen me because you know what a nut I am for skiing. The reason I live in Grand County is because I love, love, love to ski. So, and also I love, love, love history. So, <laughs> wow, thanks for inviting me here today. I, the two, two favorite topics. <laughs> How did skiing start in Grand County? Yeah, well, skiing really started in Grand County very, very early on, like in the 1860 really is the first reference we have to skiing in Grand County. And that's because in that time period, all over the West or any wintry place, you had to ski if you were going to get around anywhere in the winter. And back then they called skis Norwegian snowshoes. And in a lot of our historical references, we're not exactly sure if they're talking about what we consider snowshoes now, which are the webbed big giant shoes you put on so you won't sink in, or if they truly were the skis that we understand as skis today. But the reason that the traditional snowshoes did not work as well in Colorado or in the West where the snow is lighter is those snowshoes would sink down Whereas the big, giant, long Norwegian snowshoes, which were basically 10, 12 foot long slats like our skis, those would glide right over the heavy snow and the light snow. So it would get you through. So really our first reference was actually in Grand Lake uh, that people were using Norwegian snowshoes or skis to get around in the winter. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then what happened in the county? After that, yeah, so to some, put us on the map. Put us on the map. So somewhere it after skiing became a practical thing, people started realizing, hey, this is fun. So in the 1880s, people started actually having little contests, little ski competitions. They started realizing this is such a fun way to move yourself around and to fling yourself down mountains. So really, it was hot sulfur springs thanks to Carl Hallison that inspired the very first winter carnival west of the Mississippi. And that was put together by a whole committee in Hot Sulphur Springs. It was actually kind of a tourism promotion thing to bring up people from Denver because by then we were start, we were linked by the train. And so the very first winter carnival was in 1911 in Hot Sulphur Springs. And Hot Sulphur Springs was quite a center for skiing. There was ski jumping there. There was all kinds of ski competition. You know, when you go into Hot Sulphur for springs these days, you can't imagine what a center it was for winter back at the turn of the last century. 
but we don't get as much snow as we used to then. So they don't have the sustained snow they had back back in the early 1900s. Interesting. That's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And and just about, let's see, 10 years ago, just about 10 years ago, Hot Sulphur Springs actually celebrated the 100th anniversary of that very first winter carnival. I remember that. Yeah. It was we very skied fun. some of it. We did. We did. It was cold, I remember. And there wasn't much snow that year. Yeah, there wasn't. <laughs> we were better sometimes walking with yes. our skis. Yes, no doubt. Well, then Winter Park came along. Yes. So Winter Park, the whole Jones Pass, Vasquez, Winter Park mountain area, a lot of skiers from the Denver area always had their eye on that part of the mountains because they had such consistent snow. The reason Winter Park gets such great snow is it faces the Continental Divide, so it stops all those west-going storms that just dump their snow, and the snow stays for a long time. So that's one of the reasons that Winter Park has such consistent snow is that Continental Divide location. So really in the 20s and 30s, people were already skiing what is now Winter Park. They were just hiking up, skinning up the way we do now, uphill skiing, and skiing down some of those slopes that are now Winter Park. But what happened is over a period of time through people with the Arboro Club, which was one of the very first ski clubs out of the Denver area, it was an offshoot of the Colorado Mountain Club, and a lot of uh, movers and shakers in the city of Denver, they realized there was a perfect opportunity to start a park, as in city park, so that people could access skiing from the Denver city. So, and of course there, the train was another factor, easy train access to that ski area. So it was really 1940 is when the ski area, Winter Park ski area was started by the city and county of Denver. So many people don't know that. Yeah, I know. It's such a cool history. It really is. Yeah. So I want to talk about Granby, too. I was just up at um, Antler Basin, and there used to be a ski area that was for Granby residents, and I had no idea. Antler Basin. Kayleen, where is Antler Basin? It's past where the animal shelter is. Okay, that was called Frosty Basin. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay, so Frosty Basin was a little cute little ski area that was started here. They had two lifts. One of the lifts was actually from the old Snow King Resort, which was a resort right outside of Hot Sulphur Spring. And the other lift was actually donated by the Leland Jackson Ranch, which is now the Carmichael Ranch, which is where I live. So I actually, right behind my house, there is the remnants of the old ski tow that was set up at a dude ranch, which is what what the Leland Jackson Ranch was at that time. And they ended up deciding they didn't want to be in the ski business, so they donated it to Frosty Base. So a lot of the locals in the Granby area will tell you they grew up skiing Frosty Basin, had two runs. But what happened is that the kids 
in Granby started getting to be a little bit of snobs and they wanted a bigger <laughs> mountain. And so those kids started going to Winter Park. And so eventually, I believe it was maybe the 1950s, late 1950s when Frosty Basin closed. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. Yeah, I know it. I wish we had a lot more of those small ski areas, but luckily we still have Granby Ranch. Yes, let's talk about Granby Ranch. Yeah, so Granby Ranch was started by some developers from West somewhere. St. Louis, I want to I'm not Don't sure. Don't double check us okay. on that. <laughs> they, they, it was started from, from some developers, and uh, naturally it was, the, at the heart of it, it was a real estate development. But over the years, it has transitioned into, <laughs> bless you. Thank you. <laughs> it has transitioned into a wonderful, wonderful family ski area, a great beginner ski area. And I now have grandchildren learning how to ski, and I can tell you that the Granby Ranch experience is so superior when you just want a little mountain that's easy to manage for your little kids, you know they're not going to be out there very long, and you just want something that's going to be fun for them to enjoy, as opposed to so many of the larger mountains, which are wonderful for more advanced skiers. But when you're just learning or you have little kids, Granby Ranch is an amazing experience. And it's a great way to hone your skills as you move along through intermediate and above levels. That's so true. And for us, as we're getting older, it's nice to just sometimes go, let's just go out for an hour. Yes. Which is kind of like what I like now. Let's take a couple <laughs> runs and then it's cocktail hour. Right. You go around too. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no. Well, I can have cocktail hour at two. Let's go at oh, noon. Oh, okay. There you go. Right. Okay. I like that. I'm liking this conversation. So, and we had one other ski area that is no longer in the county, which was Bertha pass. Yes, so Berthet Pass has a wonderful history. It was actually the very first ski area with a chairlift in Colorado. 1937, they put it up there. And naturally, they chose that location because it's way up there at 11,000-something, very consistent snow, great wide-open runs. And it went through a variety of owners back and forth. And sadly, it is no longer in business. It's very hard for small ski areas to make make ends do when there's no real estate component to their area. And Berthet Pass is all on forest service land, and there's no room for development there. But you still, every time you come over Berthet Pass, you see all the backcountry skiers. Still lots of people skiing those runs. Still lots of people willing to hike up and ski down. And it's uh, just an absolutely beautiful mountain to ski. And it's always good if you have the space to pick up some of those backcountry skiers yeah, on. Stick, just stick them, in, <laughs> stick them in the back of your, your back seat. Sometimes a dog will jump in unexpectedly. That's true. You know, they're skiing with their dogs. I mean, I I love the vibe that's at the top of Bertha Pass because that's like a flashback to the real. That's a flashback to exactly the time period I was talking about where people earned their turns. Yeah. Hiked up for the joy of skiing down. Yes. So we're lucky in this county, though, that we still have Granby Ranch and we still have Winter Park. We are so fortunate. We are. And we'll get into Nordic skiing at another time. That sounds great. That's yeah. another awesome way to play in the snow. It is. It's one of my favorite. Me too. Yeah. All right, Dee Dee. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Gaylene. I loved it.